You are listening to the People First podcast. People First is a self-advocacy group run by people with learning disabilities. And People First podcast is a platform to raise awareness about real issues that affect people with learning disabilities in our community and all around the world. We aim to inform and entertain our listeners by interviewing interesting guests and talking about the things that really matter to us. This is like having a stage to speak out and get our voices heard. Welcome to People First Podcast. On the show today, we have act and artist Rachel Sparks joining us from London by Zoom. Thank you so much for talking to us. No, no worries. Thank you for asking me. <laughs> Rachel, we hope you enjoy the broadcast. Can you tell our listeners about your job? So I've worked with young people with learning difficulties for four and a half, five years um, uh, as a teaching assistant. Uh, I'm also an actor and a visual artist. um, And most recently I did an exhibition about disability and romanticism. Um, So it kind of all ties together. I find my work with um, like SEN students ties in with my theatre work. I do theatre workshops um, and yeah, it inspires my art as well. What have been your favourite actors role you have had? Oh, my favourite acting role. That's a very good question. Um, So I've done quite a bit of Shakespeare. I really enjoyed doing Julius Caesar. I uh, played Mark Antony, which is a very exciting role. Yeah, I think I think Mark Antony would be my favourite because it's there's a lot to get your teeth into with that role. It's a very strong, powerful character and interesting to make that character into a woman because I'm quite interested in issues around feminism and women and women's voices as well. Have you ever write your own play? I have. Yes, I have. I recently, actually, end of June, a play that I've written went on at the Drayton Arms Theatre in London. Uh, it was called The Committee, and it's actually deals with quite a lot of issues around uh, mental health. So it's basically about personifying the little voices in your head into an office context. Um, so each of the, the characters you had, like marketing and finance, represented a, a different aspect of your brain. We read that alongside your creative work, you have worked with young people with learning disabilities. Can you tell us more? Yeah, absolutely. So, well, mostly I've worked in a college with the um, learning disabilities department, but I also worked in a school for a year with SEN students. But I work with a lot of young people with both physical disabilities and learning disabilities and um it's just been a really amazing experience for me it's something I ended up 
doing because as an actor you kind of need money work on the side and I sort of stumbled into it but I absolutely love it and I've found it so rewarding but also I've learned so much from working with young people with disabilities they have such a unique perspective and just such unique personalities that I've learned so much from doing that and I think it's really affected every aspect of my life but also it's definitely affected my art so it, yeah it's been fantastic. What can you tell us about the reactive romanticism a disability and woman right exhibition you were a part of? Okay so that was an exhibition curated by Harriet, who I worked with. I'd done a little bit of work with the Wordsworth Trust about disabilities in Wordsworth's writings. Um, So they recommended that Harriet get in touch with me because she was doing this project about female writers with disabilities in the Romantic period. And basically we formed a sort of collaboration where she was going to do some literature workshops with people with various kinds of disabilities about the texts that these romantic writers have written and then I did a theatre workshop with some non-disabled people which was more about helping non a group of non-disabled students understand a bit more the experience of living with disability. And then I kind of translated all the stuff we'd learnt from those workshops and from looking at the texts into a visual art exhibition, exploring all sorts of things around disability in that period and disability with women in that period, um, but also kind of reflecting on the experience of disability as a whole coming through to today. What inspired you to look to cause history to understand the disability woman's experience? I think it was a case of disability going back that far. It wasn't really recognised then or not understood in the way that we understand it now. So those writers are considered to have disabilities by our contemporary standards, but the way they would have experienced society and life would have been very different. So it it kind of goes into looking at things that we now understand as disabilities that at that time wouldn't necessarily have been understood in that way. And it's just interesting looking at how difficult it must have been for these writers living with disability at a time when it's really not very well understood. What do you see as the big issue women with disabilities face? It's interesting, isn't it? I think part of the exhibition, it, it kind of had two separate issues in a way in that we were looking at the voices of women with disabilities, but also just dealing with women's voices because romanticism and romantic writing is very much associated with male writers like Wordsworth and Keats and Coleridge and it's all men essentially and the interesting thing with the exhibition was other than Dorothy Wordsworth who 
people largely have heard of, but only in relation to her brother, because Dorothy actually wrote as well. It's just we tend to only hear about her in relation to uh, William. And the other writers are largely unknown. So we were thinking about women's voices as a as a kind of alongside the disability. So Dorothy Wordsworth was William Wordsworth's sister and William Wordsworth is kind of one of our most famous poets uh, and and a romantic poet, which romantic just refers to the time period as designated by historians and kind of literary historians. Dorothy Wordsworth was his sister uh, who he was very devoted to. And she, as I say, did actually write quite a lot in her own right, but is generally only considered in relation to William. Why do you think people with learning disabilities are offered overlooking? I think that's a really interesting question. I think going back a bit, disability was sadly something that wasn't talked about. Uh, I think even as far as kind of the 1960s, it it really wasn't talked about. And I think that's something that's, I mean, there's a way to go, but I think in the last, you know, 40 years or whatever, we've come a long way in understanding disability and, and acknowledging it rather than kind of pretending it's not there, which I think has been a problem historically. So I, I think certainly in art, going back a bit, it, it was far less acknowledged. And I think we are starting to see the work of disabled artists more and more now, which is fantastic because it's a completely different set of experiences that someone with a disability has, which is why it's so important to see that in art. And for the non-disabled community to see that translated creatively because I think art is such an incredible medium for helping other people to understand your experience so I think seeing more work from disabled artists is so important for general understanding of of the experience. What do you see as the next step in tackling the issue? I think one of the things I've noticed from working with young people with disabilities is generally they really engage with arts and creative things. So theatre, music, dancing, painting, drawing, they absolutely love it. So I think just encouraging that as much as possible in schools and working more and more to create after you know outside of school stuff as well like I think theatre clubs dance clubs all of that is is just brilliant and it's helping young people with disabilities to discover a voice to express themselves with so I think just encouraging it as much as possible and I think in our current education system we're not doing brilliantly at pushing the arts to anyone I think the focus at the moment in education is much more on you know sciences and maths and and that kind of thing so I think we need to work harder on giving people experience in the arts to uh, as a way of expressing themselves 
I you do you are starting to see it more. I mean, there's a can't remember what the dance troupe is, but uh, with specifically people with Down syndrome that has been going yeah. round. That that's been quite successful. I think that's great. I, I don't know. I think it's difficult to work out exactly why it's being overlooked. We're doing more to bring it to the mainstream. So things like the Wordsworth Trust, but you know. Having exhibitions in big galleries featuring disabled artists' work, having disabled dance troupes in high-profile shows, all of that kind of thing, I, I think you're right, that's, that's what it needs is working hard to make it visible and in the public eye in places that it's going to get seen. And again, it is something you're starting to see, like I've seen quite a lot of deaf actors working in shows I've seen shows where they've got uh someone doing sign language uh like someone I know did an exhibition that's all of the art is supposed to be accessible to blind people so like it is popping up and people are coming up with some really creative ways to incorporate disability which I think is great but it yeah I think just need more of it don't we (laughs) what did you learn from your experience Uh, I mean I learned a lot from doing the workshops actually so the, the literary workshop getting the perspective on these writings by disabled women in that period so getting the voices of of disabled people looking at those texts was really interesting and their perspective on how potentially the experience of being a disabled woman has changed and also the ways in which it hasn't really changed was really interesting but also my workshop that I did with non-disabled people I kind of did a series of exercises to help them understand what it would be like to have a hearing impairment a visual impairment you know being in a wheelchair that sort of thing and I learned a lot from that and their perspectives and the things that they found frustrating and the things that they found challenging that they wouldn't necessarily have guessed that they would find challenging um and I think that's that's another thing that we could work harder on is helping the non-disabled community to have a better understanding of what it's like to live with a disability and the the ways that it's difficult that you wouldn't that it wouldn't even occur to you and I'm much more I'm much more aware of it than I used to be because I do work with young disabled people things like the number of London tube stations that don't have any don't have a lift they it's just an escalator and I've had experiences of having to help someone in a wheelchair sort of get onto the escalator with their partner and then and it's just it's shocking in this day and age that there are so many places that don't have any access for someone in a wheelchair I think it's awful so I think getting getting education to non-disabled people about disabled experiences is another thing that really needs doing what do you have coming up next do you have anything you would like to plug? Oh, what do I have coming up next? Um, I think 
there will be subsequent runs of my play, the committee. Um, we were supposed to do it at Bedford Fringe, but one of our actors got COVID. So um, that's going to be in development. Um, other than that, nothing immediately coming up. I've got various projects in the pipeline that I'm writing, but but nothing, nothing much at the moment. <laughs> that's all your questions for today. Thank you. Rachel for joining us and beginning a part of the show. We really enjoyed your answers and hope you have had a good time. Yeah, great time. Thank you for talking to me. Good luck for the future. We hope that your work has impact and continues to help women and people with disabilities in the at. Thank you. Well, you too. Keep up the good work. You're amazing. <laughs> That's all from us on this episode of the broadcast. If you want to learn more about anything we spoke about today, you can connect with us on Twitter at PFKC Broadcast. Please share the broadcast with all your friends so we have grow and spread the important information we are talking about. See you next time.